Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo Five O. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. American Rock Radio. News, opinion, and a little irreverence from both sides of the 49th parallel. This is American Uck Radio with Mike Phillip. Hey everybody, welcome back to American Uck Radio. This is Mike Phillip and uh, real happy to be here with you today looking over at my chat room and Madeline said there's no volume. I'm showing volume here. I'm not sure what's going on in your end, Madeline. Anybody else wants to go into the chat and let me know if they're not getting volume either. I can adjust on the fly, but I'm looking at my board and I'm showing readout on, uh, well, everything. (laughs) Yeah, uh, if, if you're not getting volume, Madeline, probably something to do with your device, so maybe check that out. Somebody in the chat can help her out with that. I would appreciate it. What is a pastor? What is a pastor? Sounds like a pretty simple question, right? Uh, I I wasn't sure myself for a very long time. I mean, you know, people, you're surrounded with them, right? There's loads of people out there calling themselves pastor. And uh, there are whole systems set up to uh, train and produce pastors amongst different denominations. They have their own schools. They have their own, uh, they call it seminary. I've had a lot of discussions about seminary uh, in the past years. And uh, I I know a lot of people that have been to seminary. I have not myself. Uh, I have not myself. Um, But several people, you know, I've got people that attend my church that went to seminary a long time ago and expressed to me that they really did not get fed. Um, it wasn't what they expected. And uh, they have told me, this isn't me, this is them, uh, that they're getting a lot more out of attending this little church from somebody who never went to seminary. 
And, and uh, you know, I've uh, got listeners that attended seminary. One man told me that they, I assumed that he had a pretty good foundation or biblical background uh, because he had attended seminary so long ago. And he said, no, Mike, you uh, you don't understand the nature of what happened there. We really didn't crack open a Bible at all for about two years, which I, I was kind of shocked, but, you know, more I thought about it, not really. Um, I also, just the other day, I was speaking with a man uh, that attends here with his wife periodically. They don't come regularly, but he's been blessed in a big way. Uh, he was attending a church in our area for a very, very long time. Had no prayer life whatsoever, no anointing, was just kind of going through the motions. Um, he started listening to the show, and God started uh, really dealing with his heart and opening up the scripture to him in a new way. And and he came for coffee here on Saturday, and we were sitting around talking, and the subject of the Catholic Church came up, and he told me, you know, I went to Catholic seminary for four years. And I said, really? That's interesting. Um, what, what was your takeaway? And he said, well, I, uh, when all this stuff with, um, pedophile priests came up in the news years ago, I wasn't surprised at all. And I said, why is that? You know, I'm waiting to hear what he has to say on it and, you know, expecting the worst. Right. But he said, well, he said, I was a young guy and the seminarians were, uh, sleeping with each other, and the priests were sleeping with each other, and the seminarians were uh, bedding down with the priests, and it was so common and rampant that nobody talked about it, but it was widely known, and so that was his experience, and he was just being honest, and then he said that uh, he was disgusted with it the whole time, but he wanted to serve God, and he thought that that's where it was at, right? And uh, the last straw for him was when, and, and this is what he told me, and I have no reason to disbelieve him. He's probably listening right now. He said that he was assigned uh, to this one Catholic priest that was uh, a mentor, supposed to be a mentor to him. And uh, this man was widely uh, loved and respected. And then this guy tried to get him as a young man to climb into the sack with him. So um, this this is, uh, it, it happens more than you think. Um, it's, it's, and you know, people focus in on the problems that, that have been within the universal mother church of Rome with the kids, but I guarantee you if that's going on, on a large scale with the kids, imagine what's going on with the adults, right? And so now the other thing about pastoring, um, it's something that I did not set out to do. I didn't. I, I just started teaching Bible studies, and people started coming here, and uh, I, I felt led to start teaching the Word on the show. And I have had a lot of people... Come and go since then, and I've I've grown myself, which I hope to always do. And uh, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the same guy I was uh, when I embarked upon this, but it it's been quite amazing, and I I love it, I really do. I it's great. Um, I've spent <laughs> countless hours on the phone with people, and uh, I've seen 
huge, I mean, just huge changes in people's lives and and very patiently um, stayed by their side and prayed with them through very difficult situations. I told you about one just recently um, with, with that man in my church, um, and that's by far not the only one. Uh, there are other people out there that um, they... They want to live for God, but they they cannot submit to any kind of authority whatsoever. They can't have a pastor uh, because they walk into any given situation uh, with preconceived notions where they know everything and uh, they're looking for fault and they inevitably find it because it's what they're looking for, right? Now, we live in a day and age when there are loads of pastors there's just they're everywhere i mean you can sit at home and watch youtube videos all day long and you can find different prophets that are going to tell you uh what's going to happen with trump or they're going to tell you uh what's going to happen with with the political situation or whatever uh i've seen youtube channels where people will come on and they'll tell you that they've got a, a prophecy every Thursday at 10, right? And there's some really, really bad teaching online. There really is. Um, there's a, quite a lot of it, actually. And I've also known people locally here that I've spoken to that uh, they go to a church and and they, they seem to have an extreme lack of knowledge and and... I don't say that to judge them. Actually, I'm more in in in. I'm more. Uh, I, I would place that actually on the church that they go to because it's like, you know, I, I mean, is it a case that they're just not listening, or is it a case that they're not being fed flat out? Right. Now, I've seen some very good pastors in my life. Very good. Um, some of them, uh, they will get sharp with you and they will rebuke or correct when it's necessary. Um, I, 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 and, and, and they'll be patient most of the time and very kind and loving. And, uh, I've also seen some that were very, very hard and, uh, would, would basically castigate or excommunicate you for any reason whatsoever, um, without giving the word time to work on somebody or giving you time to grow. So, I mean, it's a, it's a broad spectrum when you say, what is a pastor, right? Well, that should be a fairly simple question. What we're going to do is we're going to drill into a whole lot of scripture today on this topic, uh, because it is important, right? And in my dealings, I actually end up sending more people to other churches through this show than I end up bringing to uh, the one here. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, this ministry is uh, one that, that is very, very different. Now, a lot of the people that are of the same doctrine and persuasion as me uh, have not seen anything like this before. And so it's new to them too. And, and a lot of them are very supportive and uh, they, they like what's going on here and, and they see God's blessing on it. And so with that, we're going to talk about pastors. Now, there are some very specific warnings 
uh, to people and to pastors. And there's there's uh, there's things that uh, people will take and hang their hat on and ignore the rest. Um, there are there are certain powers and authority that a pastor is given by God. All right, uh, and there's a lot of fakers out there. Um, I, I got told by one man that attended seminary that he came to the conclusion that God allowed him to go through that uh, to see that it was a business, and that was it. That was it. And way back in the 70s, uh, they were already teaching basically feminism and political correctness, uh, teaching precepts of men uh, for the fear of God. And so... I don't want anything to do with that, to be quite honestly honest with you. And I, I don't want to pretend. I don't want to play. I don't want to. I don't want to play church. You know, I don't. But I'll tell you, when when the spirit gets moving and things are happening, um, I've told you guys that story before about that uh, young child in the Sunday school where I went down and and uh, the Holy Ghost gave me a word of knowledge and revealed that this child was being tortured every night in his dreams when he was sleeping. He was only six years old, and we were able to bind that spirit that was doing it. And, uh, you know, and and just different things like that. And we've, we've had a lot of miracles here, and we've seen a lot of people provided for. There's uh, uh, a uh, young couple that when they first started coming here, um, I don't know, about a year and a half ago, they uh their life was a mess. I mean, it was <laughs> it was horrible without getting into too much detail, just you know, sin had had uh really hurt them bad and and their their marriage was in a bad way and and um there was just it was bad. And uh they called me last night to give me a report of something that God had done for them. And and it was so beautiful uh just looking back over the over what has transpired over the last year and a half or a year or whatever it's been from where they were to where they came to now and and just how their life has changed and i and i said to the man they had me on speaker so i could i could talk with both of them i said you know look what god has done in a year just try to imagine if we're all still here where you'll be in 3 years or well where you'll be in 5 years or what he can do in 10 years just don't let go keep on hang on don't stop and he agreed profusely and it's obvious to anybody that sees it. Now, uh, I want to start off with Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. And Jesus, before this, had been uh, going around healing people, as was prophesied that he would. Um, and, and we're going to start with Matthew 9 and 36. It says, but when he saw the multitude... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And it's very much the same today, very much the same today. There are loads of people out there that they don't have a pastor. Uh, some of them are sitting in churches and they have 
uh, man overseeing the church that uh, has a minister's license and and went to school and they've got pedigrees and doctorates, but uh, they they spend very little time with their people actually sitting and and going through things. And I've I've heard all these complaints from people. Okay, I've I've heard it all, and I'm I'm sure that I'll hear more. Um, and they and they're like sheep, and they don't have a shepherd. They don't. Uh, they're they're tossed about by every wind of doctrine. It's like Paul when he met those men on Mars Hill that they just wanted to hear some new thing, right? Well, a lot of people uh, seeking God are very much like that because you know they've got YouTube and so they go to this thing and they go to that thing and they but nothing is ever solid, nothing is ever concrete, and so they're like a ship in the ocean that is just tossed around and so they're unsure of certain things they'll latch on to this or they'll latch on to that uh but they just don't get any solid answers my my little brother was uh seeking answers to some questions that he had when he was younger and he called his pastor of the church that my family was attending at the time and uh, that that pastor said, "Oh yeah, no problem. I'll meet with you. I'll I, I'd love to uh, sit down and speak with you." And they arranged to meet at a coffee shop, and uh, he stood him up. He didn't show up. So my brother, he was young and he was hungry. He was searching. He wanted uh, to talk about the things of God because he wanted to know. And this man just didn't bother showing up. And so then he 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 didn't want to come down on the guy. He wanted to give him a, you know, maybe he got busy, right? He wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. So he tried it again. He got a hold of him and and uh, said, you know, I, you, you didn't show up. And the guy was so apologetic and he was sorry. And, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I just, you know, I'm busy and this and that. And uh, so they made another appointment. And the same thing happened again. And this time my brother called his house and his wife informed my brother that he had gone to watch a football game at a friend's house. And so without being real judgmental, uh, I guess that's where his priorities were at, right? Uh, This young man in his church with a family that had gone there for many years and paid tithes and uh, he just wasn't that important. Right? It's my day off. Leave me alone. They were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And there are people in churches right now that are sheep that have no shepherds. There are people that are just digging around uh, to a bunch of different preachers on YouTube looking for this and that. And verse 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. And it it is that way today. It really is. Pray you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And then he went and he uh, chose out the twelve. That's when he went and chose out the 12 and 
told them to preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now remember, this is in Matthew and the gospel, so this was still the Old Testament. The kingdom did not come about till the testator died. So uh, Jesus had to die, and then the new covenant kicked in through the blood that was shed, and that's when the kingdom came along, right? Like he said, he said, you know, he that is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, who was the greatest of all the prophets that had come along. And in fact, he called him Elijah, um, who has come, as was prophesied. If you look at uh, Malachi and different books like that, he said it said that Elijah was going to come. Jesus said he did. That was that was John the Baptist. And so we're going to go through a whole lot of uh, verses, and some of them are quite lengthy. So if you have your Bible out and you can bear with me today, uh, we want to get into this question of what is a pastor? Because um, there's people out there that don't have a church that they can go to in their locality. And uh, so they they come here, and I spend lots of time on the phone with them. And... uh, devote a lot of attention to it and that's i'm not bragging or anything i just have a burden to do that uh that that's that's what has been put on me and and i did not choose this myself and but i love it i love it and i'll tell you there's an authority that comes with it that i i spoke about this yesterday where uh people if they will uh in respect to god's authority make you their pastor then God will give you a word for them. There's other people that will come in and they'll sit there and they love the preaching, they love what you're doing, but uh, they they don't want any kind of authority over them and so they don't have, I'm not their pastor, okay? And and that has come up too in the past, even though they come here and and uh, that's okay. That The word is getting into them. And uh, they are they're hearing it, and uh, you know my job is to plant the seed, right? Not to, you know, I you know one plants, one waters, so forth. And so we're going to get into a whole lot of verses. We're going to be jumping around. We're going to be in Matthew, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Matthew, Luke, John, Isaiah, First Samuel, Ephesians, Acts, Hebrews, James, First Peter, Timothy, and First Corinthians. <laughs> So as you can tell, this is uh, quite in-depth. And uh, what we're going to be also doing is looking at some prophecy in uh, the Old Testament that Jesus mirrored and fulfilled and how that the words were essentially the same. And so we've got about five minutes before we go into our commercial break, but... Uh, Paul talked about the fivefold ministry. People call it the fivefold ministry. Um, that that's a man-made term. Uh, I don't mind it. In this case, uh, it's in Ephesians four, and then if we read through one to fourteen, Paul explains this, and he talks about not getting tossed about to and fro by every wind of doctrine because he also warned Timothy, a young preacher in Ephesus. Uh, we're going to read where Paul in First Timothy told him to stay in Ephesus. So he was the pastor of that church there, uh, told him to you stick to the doctrine. He also gave Timothy some very specific instructions 
as to uh, different things about conduct of members of the church, conduct of women. He even got into uh, wearing of jewelry and, and their hair and things like that. That's That's all there. And so I have seen people uh, kind of hang their hat on those specific verses and make it their whole deal and get cruel about it, okay? I have seen that. Uh, not in every case, but I have seen it. Now, at the time, uh, when I found a church that was very harsh like that, I liked that. I wanted it. I I I thought it was great that that they had these standards and uh uh where I had grown up uh and this is not the fault of my parents. This is not the fault of the people around me. Uh but when I was young, we would sit in churches and we we really didn't feel a whole lot of conviction over anything, okay? Uh whether that was us or the church, uh let's just say it was us, but the fact is uh we didn't feel a lot of conviction over how we were living and there was stuff going on in the background um, that should not have been in a church. And uh, so when I found and got the revelation of uh, of Jesus Christ and the scripture got open to me, I had already been in church my whole life. So I, I knew a lot of these scriptures but I didn't know what they meant, and I couldn't make heads or tails of it, and I couldn't put them together, right? There was no solid foundation. And so a lot of people come at me with stuff, and what they don't understand is that I understand what you're talking about because I used to have the same set of beliefs. Like I, a lot of arguments that people come at me with in differences of doctrine um, I would have made those arguments at one time myself, okay? But those arguments and the things that I believed were not because I had a revelation. It was because I had been taught certain things growing up and I saw discrepancies between the Word of God and what I was hearing at church and it led to a lot of confusion. So that being said now, we're going to go into our commercial break and when we get back, we're going to start off by going to the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. That's a lot of people miss that. Those epistles uh, are not written to lost people. Okay, they're not. They're not addressed to people that are have never heard any doctrine or gospel. These are people that are in the church. They're letters to the church. And then if you go look at how that church started. And uh, the message that was given to the pastor of it. Uh, and then we're going to go look at a few other things. And it is my sincere hope that you're blessed by what we do here today. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. So let's go to our commercial break for uh, Mojo Five O. And uh, when we get back, let's get into some serious and sincere Bible study. Uh, because you need the bread of life. You need it. If you, if you don't have the bread of life, your inner man is going to get weak and you're going to stumble and you're going to be deceived, okay? And and that's just, that's all there is to it. But boy, I tell you, uh, what a fantastic thing it has been to see the light come on on people's faces through doing this show. 
Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God is so good. So if you're in the chat uh, or just listening live on Mojo or wherever you're at, have your Bible out so you can see what I'm reading. Uh, you know, you got to prove me here, right? And we're going to be getting into a lot of scripture. We'll be getting back. What is it, Pastor? Is that a minister over a congregation, or is there more to it than that? Is there more to it than that? We'll talk about it after this. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com and don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and would be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. Five major food distributors have suffered explosions at food processing and storage facilities in the last few months. 20 more facilities have been destroyed by fires over the last four months. War in Ukraine drags on and holds the looming threat of nuclear escalation. U.S. inflation is officially reported above 8%. Mobs of people are whipped into frenzy by an increasingly unstable class of political elites. We live in interesting times. Political, economic, and financial collapse are all very real threats to our way of life. If the worst happens, make sure you and your loved ones are prepared with emergency food and supplies from preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Coffee lovers everywhere now have the opportunity to do their part to save the planet with Al Gore's lab-grown coffee substitute. We, here at Coffee Drinkers for Climate Change, believe this is a terrible idea. While man-bun-wearing, soy-latte-loving poodle walkers everywhere are in love with the eco-friendly lab-grown sadness water, Coffee Drinkers for Climate Change want to see the sea levels rise and for New York City to join the lost city of Atlantis, 12,000 leagues beneath the sea. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. Every pot brewed is an eco-disaster 100 times greater than the Fukushima extinction-level event. So order yours today and do your part to hasten the end of the planet. You don't want to live forever, do you? AmericanPrideRoasters.com 
That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. How dare you? <laughs> we dare. Oh, we yeah. dare. Flat Earth. The moon landing. JFK. 5G. Biden won the election. <laughs> hey, lovelies. Does anyone have any new conspiracy theories? Because all the ones I know have come trade. <laughs> Join me, Rhea Bow, here on Sunday Long Live Radio, live every Sunday of the year, 5am Eastern Standard, 10am UK, and 9pm New South Wales. I'll see you Sunday. America Radio. Radio. I would say the world's most underrated radio shows. American Uck Radio. This guy, Mike Phillip, is brilliant. I listen to him every day. Love your show. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing what you're doing. American Radio. American Radio. Back to American Hunt Radio. This is Mike Phillip. I am really thankful for all the uh, pastor friends that God has given me. Uh, pastor Henry Poitra and uh, Dumaresque and Pastor Patterson, Pastor Rios, of course. Amen. And uh, I've been introduced to a lot more of them just through people reaching out on the show and and wanting to get into a a good, grounded, and well-doctrined church. And uh, there's no greater joy. There's no greater joy in my life. I I love what I do. I really do. I'm very, very, very thankful. And I I, I want to tell you something else, too. Um, Sometimes pastors get hurt. They do. Sometimes people in the church hurt pastors. They might not let on and tell you. But sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Now, the other thing is uh, there, there's this caricature of the the TV evangelist that you, that uh, is always begging for money and, and flies around on a solid gold Learjet, uh, for which reason a whole lot of people out there hate churches. And you know what? Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I hate that too. And you see all these headlines of about Catholic priests getting shuffled off to another parish because the Catholic Church had to settle out to 300 people over sexual assault claims and things like that. Stuff like that makes people hate religion. They it, And I, I get it. I really do. You know why? Because a lot of it I dislike greatly myself. I do. And, and I see my share of that in my life. And there's a lot of people out there that will lie and wait to deceive you and uh, try to get rich off you. That's it's fact. Now I want to go first of all to First uh, uh, Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse four. Paul says, "There's one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism." One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And 
Unto, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Okay, so Paul is telling these this church in Ephesus, there's only one God, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, right? Over and over again, he's, why is he repeating this? And then we're going to skip down just a little bit to verse 11. He says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, what for? Because it's a lucrative career? Uh, because, it, no, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness Christ, now, of Christ. Now, pay attention to this next part. Here's another reason why you have a pastor, okay? If you have one, if you can, I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just surfing around the internet looking for something that tickles your ears. There's a lot of that going on, too. Uh, that we henceforth be no more tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. All right? Now, he's telling this church in Ephesus, there's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one body, right? And then he tells them you've got prophets and, and pastors and evangelists and teachers uh, to bring you into unity, right? So you all have the same doctrine so that when other doctrines that are contrary to the ones that you have learned from us come along, you are solid in your mind. Well, what was the doctrine that started the church in Ephesus? All right? we have For that, we have to go to the book of Acts. That's where the church in Ephesus that he's writing this letter to started. And we're just going to go to Acts 19. All right, and this this makes a lot this is easy, okay? This makes sense. This isn't some deep thing. All right. This is where the church in Ephesus that he's writing this letter to started. And what was Paul's understanding of how to be quote unquote saved, right? How did he start this church? And what was he teaching them when he said there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism? And I've given you, you, Jesus has given you pastors so that you don't get tossed around by every wind of doctrine like a ship on the sea, right? Acts 19, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, that's the Corinthian church where that was started, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, okay? These people were disciples of Jesus, Okay? He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We ain't so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. What Holy Ghost? What are you talking about? And he said unto them, What then were you baptized? We mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. How are you baptized? They said unto him, Unto John's baptism. Okay, so these, these men had already been baptized. In the matter of the uh, John the Baptist, 
which, might I remind you, was the preparation for him who was to come, right? Jesus was the firstborn of all creation. And he had to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And the type of him, when he came up out of the water and the Holy Ghost descended like a dove and there was a voice from heaven, that was the type of the first man born of the water and spirit, which all those who followed in Acts 2.38 under the new covenant followed. And so that's what Paul was doing here. He was bringing them out of the old, the end of the old covenant into the new. Uh, and, they, and so they had been baptized under John's baptism. And then Paul said, John verily baptized the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Now, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's how you find the church has started. Now, that's why Paul was reminding them of their beginnings. He was reminding them of where they came from, right? They had been baptized once, but not according to the new covenant. And so in Ephesians, he says, look, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And you've got pastors, you've got evangelists, you've got so that you are perfected and so that you're no more tossed around with every wind of doctrine. Now, furthermore, he goes on to remind a young preacher named Timothy, okay, that is in Ephesus, okay, for, turn with me to 1 Timothy, and let's look at this. It's all here. It's all written down. This isn't some difficult hidden thing. We're not going to get all esoteric on you here. It's simple. This is easy. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son, in the faith. There's a young man that comes here that I, I call my son in the faith. And he, he likes that. He, uh, man, I love that kid. I really do. I mean, hey, I, I got my two sons, right? They're my sons. But this, this young man, he's my, my son in the faith. And I love him and he loves me. He's a, he's a good kid. Praise the Lord. And I'm, I'm actually going to use him as an example of something uh, during the course of this broadcast as we go along. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Number three, verse three, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, okay? At Ephesus. Timothy is the preacher or the pastor of the church at Ephesus right now, okay? that he wrote that letter to called Ephesians. Now, we read how that church started, and we read how that Paul told them, uh, you got a pastor so that you're not thrown around by every wind of doctrine because there's going to be a whole lot of them that are going to come in. A lot of different doctrines, but there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, Paul said, right? Again, this is really easy stuff to, to uh, understand. This is not difficult. And then he says, 
I, 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 I'll start over verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. See, Paul is being a real stickler for doctrine with Timothy, who is in Ephesus, and with the church in Ephesus. He's reminding them them over and over again, do not deviate, do not turn aside to the right nor the left, because it's a narrow way, and few there be that find it. In fact, there was only 12 people when that church started. Only 12 in Ephesus. When Paul found them. And before that, it, it, in Corinth, uh, there was a man there that was preaching, and they had to show him a more perfect way because he was still uh, teaching John's baptism and things like that. He was on fire, he was preaching, but there was something he was missing. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 18, but due to time and brevity, I've got to move on to other things. Now, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, let's move away from Paul and the Ephesians. That's the first example that we're going to use today. But what we're going to do here is we're going to go to the book of Ezekiel, and this is lengthy, okay? So we're going to be there for just a little while. And then we're going to go over to John 10, and we're going to take the words that the Spirit gave to the uh, prophet Ezekiel, and then juxtapose them to the words that the Spirit spoke through the mouth of the man Jesus. Remember, in Deuteronomy 28, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob told Moses, I'm going to send a prophet that's going to come up from amongst your brethren, and when he opens his mouth, that's me talking. So when Jesus is speaking, that's the I am. That's the the God that spoke to Moses in the burning bush. That's, That's the God that gave the promises to Abraham. That's the God that made the promises to... Uh, of the seed that was going to bruise the serpent's head to even Eve in the Garden of Eden. He gave the promise, and then he himself became that seed. All right? Came himself. And so we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 34. And what we're going to do is juxtapose that against today. And the day when Jesus walked the earth because there was groups of people that were supposed to be spiritual leaders of men and their attitude was very much wrong. Now, there was some among them that Jesus was able to reveal things to. They were they were chosen by him. Uh, Nicodemus was one. Nicodemus uh, was of the ruling class in Judea and in Jerusalem. And... Uh, and Jesus uh, showed him how to get into the kingdom in John chapter 3. I know a lot of you think that John chapter 3 only consists of John 3.16. But there's a lot more to John 3 than just John 3.16. As beautiful of a verse as that is. Alright? And so, this is quite lengthy. Now, this this, when I read this, This puts a big responsibility on me. All right? 
if the spirit of Jesus Christ is in me, then there's certain things that he wants. And all you pastors listening, you listen up to this. This isn't Mike Phillip. This is the word of God. Chapter 34 of the book of Ezekiel. Where the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. He's not happy with the shepherds. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat, you clothe you with the wool, you kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. All right? Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter? Before he went back up, he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. That was the most important thing to him. And God help us if we don't. I take that very seriously. The diseased have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which is sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty, you have ruled them. I was sitting in a church at one time. Like I said, I I liked that harsh, come down on you, preaching. And no messing around, right? That's what our pastor was like. And I loved him. I really did. I wanted to be him. I wanted to be him. And we were having church. And we had a man named Ted Molander coming up from Los Angeles for a week of prayer and fasting. Okay? And in the week leading up to that, Uh, our pastor started getting very mean. He was preaching angry all the time. And he was upset because there wasn't a move happening. It seemed like there was nobody new coming in. There wasn't a move of the Holy Ghost. Uh, We had the standards perfect. We had the the holiness standards that he preached uh, perfect. So this preacher come up and he... He stood up in front of this congregation and he looked around the room and he said, I'm sure I'm not the first preacher to come here and think that it's all been done. Like, you you guys look perfect. Your praise and worship is off the charts. You guys are, you, you look perfect. There's not nothing out of place. He said, but uh, I've been around for a while. And I know better. And that man had not been in our church. He didn't know what our pastor was being like. Didn't know that he was getting real angry every single service. And he called him out in front of 
everybody. He said, oh, how God loves his people. Oh, how God loves his people. He said, God help us if we hurt them. God help us if we hurt them. We're going to be held to it. And I looked up at the front of the church and my pastor, at that point, his head was bowed down so low from sitting in the pew that it was almost touching the floor. And he was kind of swaying to the left and right. He was kind of moaning because he was just getting nailed. And I didn't fully understand what was happening at the time because I was young and I was new and I was still excited about things. Then about a week later, I found out that that man that had come and preached was never going to come back again because his shoes had tassels on them. And that's what the homosexuals do. Well, there came a time when that real hardness that I loved so much came time that that cannon swung around on me. And when that happened, I was probably at the lowest point I'd ever been in my life. (laughs) I had two little toddler boys. I was working two jobs. My wife would be gone for four or five days at a time. Didn't know where she was. My pastor took me down in his office and just screamed at me. Oh, man, he yelled at me. I wasn't perfectly innocent either in this case. I would like to point that out. it's, It's not a case where I was in a good place either. But when that happened, something inside of me snapped. And I walked out thinking that I could never live for God again because we were taught that you couldn't outside of that church. And so I thought, well, if I cannot go to heaven, no matter what I do, because he's never going to let me back in there, I might as well have fun in the world. Now let's go back. With force and cruelty have you ruled them. And they were scattered. Because there was no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. And my sheep wandered through all the mountains. And upon every high hill, yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for them, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. I saith the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease 
from feeding the flock, neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep, and seek them out as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in that day, that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek them out and will deliver them out of all the places where they've been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Now, I don't, I am not angry at that man. I'm not. I love him. I want him to go to heaven. And I hope that he learned something too, but I don't know. Now, what that did for me is it gave me an experience to draw from in dealing with the people that come here and the people that I get on the phone with that reach out to me through this show. And I've seen a lot of people come and go that got angry at me because I wasn't hard enough on people. Well, maybe sometimes I'm not, but I've seen how that can go. And so listen up, you pastors. You better be careful with God's heritage. We'll be back right after this. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. The House giving final approval to protections for same-sex marriages. That law requires all states to recognize same-sex marriages. The bipartisan legislation would also protect interracial unions by requiring states to recognize legal marriages regardless of sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. Heritage Foundation Research Associate Emma Waters tells the Salem Radio Network, or for those who want to hold a traditional view of marriage between one man and one, one, one woman to now have fewer rights and protections um, to believe and act in accordance with those beliefs. President Biden expected to sign the measure into law. Also at townhall.com, Pennsylvania State Police Trooper David Bame tells WFMZ there's an investigation underway at a house fire where two responders died and a third person found dead. So the two firefighters were in, in the, the burn building, right. and the other person was found on the property outside of the building. It happened in Schuylkill County. The firefighters who died identified as new AAA assistant fire chief Zachary Paris and firefighter Marvin Gruber. A new poll shows President Biden's job approval rating remains underwater. Even though Democrats performed better than expected in the midterm elections, the president continues to face criticism for his leadership and the national economy. A new APNORC poll finds 43% of U.S. adults say they approve of the way Mr. Biden is handling his job as president, while 55% disapprove. That's similar to October, just weeks before the elections. And only about a quarter say the nation is headed in the right direction or the economy is in good condition. Greg Clugston. Washington. The Dow is ahead 203 points and the Nasdaq up 119. More on these stories at townhall.com. We remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and guests appearing on Mojo Favo Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Favo Radio. I'll bet you've noticed. 
There are food shortages happening just about everywhere. If you think it'll get worse before it gets better, don't get caught unprepared to feed your family. Prepare with Mojo50.com. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for less than a dollar a day. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For less than a dollar a day with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800-561-2351 Again, that's 800-561-2351 You've looked around and you've noticed that things are pretty unstable right now. It's hard to find abundance where we once knew it. If you think things might get worse before they get better, you'd be wise to visit preparewithmojo50.com. It's our trusted source for emergency food, survival tools, water and air filtration, and more. Top quality and money-saving discounts for you as a Mojo listener. Be prepared to protect and feed your family in the event of an emergency. Preparewithmojo50.com. With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo Five O. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. America Radio. News, opinion, and a little irreverence from both sides of the 49th parallel. This is American Uck Radio with Mike Phillip. Welcome back to Hour 2 of American Uck Radio. I'm Mike Phillip. Now, there is a flip side to what I was talking about in Hour 1. There are also men out there calling themselves pastors that don't feed anybody anything. In fact, there's whole denominations that uh, they just send out a message for all of their preachers to just generically read. Uh, Like if you were watching uh, Fox News and there was the same headline on CNN and Fox and MSNBC And we've all seen those videos where it's like they're all reading from the same teleprompter. A lot of that goes on in in what they call the modern church today. I I don't know how they do it. I I got to pray every day. I got to read my Bible every day. I got to get into the Word and ask God to take my heart and my tongue and my mind to give a word of knowledge to His people. And to feed that flock because they're what's important. Boy, what an easy job that would be, man. I tell you, if I if I just got a sermon by an email from some organization 
and I could just get up in front of everybody and read that. Boy, would that be easy, huh? Now let's go to Ezekiel 35. We're still there. All right? And we're going to go to John 10 after this. As you can tell, this is kind of something that uh, is uh, its a big thing with me. <laughs> Current, where is everybody today? And D3 Dental jumps in. Good to see you, D3. Good to see you. I need to get on the phone with you. I haven't talked to you in quite some time now. But uh, I've been praying for you and your and your family. And, and uh, now I'll tell you, God loves you. God loves you. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 35 and 17. <clears throat> Actually, let's back up to 14. Actually, 13, where we left off. We were at 12 in hour two, or hour one. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. Now what you're going to see is a lot of language reminiscent of things that you'll read in Psalms, things that Jesus said, okay, because it's the same spirit. Same spirit talking about the church, okay? And every one of these things happens today. Every single one of these things happens today. This is where we live, okay? It is not different. Um, the things that were written in the Old Testament were written for our admonishing and for examples to us. Paul said that himself. To the church. And I've been given a really fantastic opportunity to reach out to people who would not necessarily go to a physical brick-and-mortar church. Some of you don't even have access to one. Some of you live around a bunch of them, but you've got there's so many that you don't know what to do. And God has used me to be instrumental in bringing them to a good and benevolent pastor that will feed his flock I, I i i would hate to be one of these guys on judgment day that have not been doing so or had no care to even try i take that very seriously now listen to this he says in verse 14 i will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold. In a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will. That was Jesus. He said, my sheep are going to lie down in green pastures by still waters. And you know why they're lying down? Because they have rest. You know why? Because they have a good shepherd with a rod in his hand that will break the skull of any wolf that comes near that flock, just like his servant David. 
Let's go on. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. We'll bind up that which was broken. We'll strengthen that which was sick and we'll destroy the fat and the strong and feed them with judgment. You know, all you people out there that are angry at the TV preachers and these guys that are obvious hustlers, ah, they're going to get a real hefty portion. It it would almost probably make you feel bad for them if you knew what's coming. Amen? And that's, we got to be real careful. Men calling you a pastor. Are you feeding your people? Are you collecting a paycheck, but you don't got time to meet with them or pick up the phone? I get people saying to me all the time, oh, I'm sorry, Mike, I don't mean to take up so much of your time. I know you're busy. God help me if I don't give you my time. As for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the he-goats. Seemeth it a small thing unto you that you have eaten up the good pasture, but you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture? And to have drunk of the deep waters, but you foul the residue with your feet. You take the good for yourself and leave the worst for them. Now I want to skip down a little bit. Verse 22, therefore will I save my flock and they shall no more be a prey. And I will judge between cattle and cattle and I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David, he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. Amen. Now, how can that be that there's only going to be one shepherd, but there's all these pastors? Because if they have that same spirit that was in him, by the infilling of the Holy Ghost, whose name is Jesus Christ. That's how. Now I will make with them a covenant of peace and will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land. They shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them in the places round about my hill a blessing and will cause the shower to come down in his season. And there will be showers of blessing. I was a little sheep that got thrust out. And nobody come looking for me. Now, it wasn't all their fault. So it was mine. I'll say that. But the good shepherd come looking for me. Nobody picked up the phone. Do I blame him? Nope. Is what it is. Oh, but praise God. I'll tell you, them lockdowns were the best time of my life. I loved that time. <laughs> Praise God. That's when the shepherd showed up. 
And when there was darkness all around us, there was light in the homes in the land of Goshen. We're in verse 26. And I will make them and the places around my hill blessed. Oh, sorry, verse 27. Listen to this. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the way of the sinners. For he shall be like a tree that is planted by the water. He shall bring forth his fruit in its season and, he shall, and his leaf shall not wither. You see the same language? Jesus talked about a branch that would not bring forth fruit because it was not connected to the vine. You see this language all the way through because it's the same spirit. And they shall be safe in their land and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hands of those that served themselves of them. If you're going to call yourself pastor, you better be real careful if you're serving yourself of the the flock that's under you. I don't care how much schooling you have. I don't care if you have a little card in your wallet that says license to minister. They shall no more be a prey to the heathen, neither shall the beast of the field of the land devour them. They shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid. Praise the Lord. Now I'll raise up for them a plant of renown, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger of the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen no more. Thus shall they know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. And verse 31, I want you to underline and highlight this in your Bible if you're going over this with me. And you are my flock, the flock of my pastor, our men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Now, there is nothing better than having the rest that comes from Jesus. Praise the Lord. JW Freedom, good to see you. D3 Dental, God's hearing your prayers and working in my life and all my marriage, baby steps. (laughs) Praise God. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. Turn with me to John 10. John chapter 10. Now, all this stuff we saw, God said, I will be your shepherd. I will get my flock. You're mine. Turn to John chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 1. Now, there's a lot here, and we're just about through the second uh Well, we're more than halfway through the show already, and it feels like I just sat down in front of you. John chapter 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, he said it twice. Verily, verily, that means, listen up. I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door 
is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things which were they were, which he spake unto them. And then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Amen. The door and the key. You're correct, Chet. We're going to get into that. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. The keys, the keys open the door. Amen. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Verse 11, now pay attention to this. Okay, remember what we just read? <coughs> In Ezekiel 34. God said, I will be their shepherd. I will find them. I will be their Lord. I, I will be their shepherd. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus was identifying himself as the fulfillment of, Isaiah, of Ezekiel 34. That was me. <laughs> Isn't it great when the, the building fits together on that chief cornerstone? Jesus in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New, revealed, and a people that have his name on them. Amen, with the same spirit that was in him. That's why they're children and cry, Abba, Father. That's why you're sons of God, because you're born into the kingdom. That's why he was the firstborn of all creation, because everybody that came before him needed that sacrifice too. That's why he went down in the lower the parts of the earth preaching. You remember the rich man and Lazarus? In hell, Abraham's bosom on one side and hell and torment on the other with a great chasm in between. Those people still could not go into the promised land without the sacrifice of the good shepherd. The lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. They still needed that. The blood of bulls and goats can never take away sin. And they want to start that again today. You know why? Because it's the same. Let's go on. 
But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. The hireling is somebody that's just doing his job. He don't care for the sheep. You know why? Because he's a hireling. He's a hired hand. It's a paycheck to him. You've all known one. Probably several. Chat over in the American Huck Radio rebooted chat room went to hireling school. <laughs> they didn't teach you to care about, about people there, did they? Not from what you've told me in the past. But what a good experience, huh? What a good experience to know this today. Praise the Lord. Again, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. And as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, now pay attention here. He's going to reveal something else over the course of this conversation. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. And they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Remember what Paul said? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Jesus just said one fold, one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. Now it seemed like two people there, right? Me and my father. That division is spirit and flesh. Sometimes he spoke as the son of man. Sometimes he spoke as the I am. Don't get confused. It's the same person. And he goes on to explain that to them. And he does it beautifully. Okay? We're going to get to that. Just wait. There was a division, therefore, amongst the Jews for these sayings. The Jews were angry. They were divided. Many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? They were calling the spirit in him a devil. Ooh, careful. Careful. You blaspheme the son of man. That's one thing. But calling the spirit in him a devil? You're blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You better be careful with that. Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of a blind? And it was at Jerusalem. Now listen, listen where he goes with this. It was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication. It was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, I just did. He just identified himself as the good shepherd with all the types and shadows that had come along when the kingdom was taken from Saul and given to a man after God's own heart that was a shepherd. And they didn't get it. They didn't get it. 
Jesus answered and says, I, I told you and you believe not. The works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. The works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Did Jesus ever heal somebody and say, in the name of Jehovah? We don't read that. Did he ever even say, in the name of the Father? No, he said, here, the works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me because his name was the Father's name that would be revealed as it's said in the Old Testament. That day, they shall know my name. That was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Listen, he goes on. He says, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep as I said unto you. Now, he says again, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now let's take these next two verses and put them up against each other uh, juxtaposed as to what I just said here, okay? And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. No man will take them out of my hand. And then he goes on to say, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You got Jesus' hand that nobody can take them out of, and the hand of the Father that nobody can take them out of. And then he goes on to say, it's the same hand, because in the very next verse he says, I and my Father are one. It's the same hand! Do you see? Hallelujah, Jesus! <laughs> Praise God. Chet says, I said to Chet, did they teach you to care about God's people in seminary? He said, they did not, Pastor Mike, two years in and we didn't even crack open a Bible. Two years of hireling school and they didn't open a Bible once. What do you think it's going to be like for people like that on the day of judgment when they told people that they were a priest, a pastor, a shepherd? But all they ever did was get fat off the sheep. But, but I had a show on CBN. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm getting blessed here. I really am. Thank you, Jesus. He's the Lord. We're getting close to the commercial break. Let's just put it on right now. And I seriously don't think I'm going to get through all the verses that I have written down here. Um, this might be one that we want to transcribe. Mike in Florida, if you're listening, if I send you these, would you be able to transcribe them for me to send out to people if they want them? Let me know. I suppose I could just not be lazy and type myself. Nah. I'll probably be on the phone all day. We'll be right back. Second half of hour two. 
wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com and don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. Five major food distributors have suffered explosions at food processing and storage facilities in the last few months. Twenty more facilities have been destroyed by fires over the last four months. War in Ukraine drags on and holds the looming threat of nuclear escalation. U.S. inflation is officially reported above 8%. Mobs of people are whipped into frenzy by an increasingly unstable class of political elites. We live in interesting times. Political, economic, and financial collapse are all very real threats to our way of life. If the worst happens, make sure you and your loved ones are prepared with emergency food and supplies from preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Coffee lovers everywhere now have the opportunity to do their part to save the planet with Al Gore's lab-grown coffee substitute. We, here at Coffee Drinkers for Climate Change, believe this is a terrible idea. While man-bun-wearing, soy-latte-loving poodle walkers everywhere are in love with the eco-friendly lab-grown sadness water, coffee drinkers for climate change want to see the sea levels rise and for New York City to join the lost city of Atlantis 12,000 leagues beneath the sea. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. Every pot brewed is an eco-disaster 100 times greater than the Fukushima extinction-level event. So order yours today and do your part to hasten the end of the planet. You don't want to live forever, do you? AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. How dare you? (laughs) We dare. We dare. won the election. <laughs> hey, look, Liz, does anyone have any new conspiracy theories? Because all the ones I know have come true. <laughs> Join me, Rhea Bo, here on Sunday Long Live Radio, live every Sunday of the year, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard, 10 a.m. UK, and 9 p.m. New South Wales. I'll see you Sunday. America Nuck Radio. I would say the world's most underrated radio shows. America Nuck Radio. This guy, Mike Phillip, is brilliant. I listen to him every day. Love your show. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing what you're doing. 
I see a comment here. Jason West on Rumble says, awesome podcast. Yeah, if you haven't seen us before, we're actually live on a radio station. A couple of them, actually. And so that's why you hear the commercial breaks. Um, I told them that I would, uh, I, I gave them my word three years ago. And back then, I wasn't preaching at all. I was talking about news and current events. And I came to the conclusion that that is useless. <laughs> There are 500,000 podcasts uh, talking about what Trump did or Ukraine or whatever. And I'll tell you, that just it, it all just goes around in circles and goes nowhere. Praise the Lord. I, I want to preach. I love Jesus. And I'll tell you what. You want to make him happy? Do something for his people. Live for him. Not all of you want to be pastors, Okay. I, I know so many people that they think they're a pastor and they're just not. They don't have the calling on their life, but they try to fit themselves into it. And uh, look, if you are and you got that calling, it'll work. Nothing's stopping it. All right. But honestly, the best thing that you can be as a Christian, the best thing you can be is full of the Holy Ghost. The best thing you can do is walk in righteousness and produce fruit unto righteousness. That's the best thing you can do. Best thing you can do is be a, a Christian father and love your family. The best thing you can do is be a godly woman and look after your husband and your family. And if you don't have a family that is interested in that, you know what? You love them anyway. That's the best thing you can do. It's not easy being in the ministry, but if God's hand is on what you're doing, it works, okay? Praise the Lord. And I have no greater joy than when somebody hits the contact button on American Ock Radio and says, Mike, I've been listening to your show, and I want to get closer to God. I want to, get, I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to see the signs and wonders. I want the new birth of the water and the Spirit. I want the Apostles' Doctrine. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of people out there sitting in churches and they're just not getting fed, okay? Someone is, but not the flock. Praise the Lord. Good to see you, Jason West. Let's go on. Praise the Lord. Matthew 18. Oh, we got a lot. Uh, no, let's go to John 13 since we're in John 10. What 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 would what would what would God do for his people if he the man that could stop the wind and the waves with just one word the God of heaven the word that became flesh by him and for him were all things made what would he do for his people what would he do for his people? Would he make himself a king and get great riches? Would he 
become a man of great renown for being such a great guitar player? Would he seek the fame of the world? What would he do for his friends? John chapter 13. Verse 4. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. The God of heaven and earth come in flesh, got down and washed his disciples' feet. And they were horrified. Now it was prophesied in Isaiah. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring the gospel of good news. <laughs> you know why? Because they were washed by the master. Amen? That's what he would do. Praise God. A, a pastor has to be a servant, a minister ministers to you sees you through difficult times prays with you weeps with you when you weep rejoices with you when you rejoice that's what he would do then cometh he to Simon Peter and Simon said and say and Peter saith unto him Lord Dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered and said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part of me. Praise God. Turn with me to Luke chapter twenty two. Luke chapter twenty two. Praise God. Oh, how I love Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 22, and uh, we're going to start with verse 24. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. <laughs> I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, he loves me most. No, I'm the best preacher. No, I'm... Amen. They're arguing over who is going to be the best. Amen. He said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but you shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. A pastor has got to be a servant. Are you greater than the Lord that called you? I think not. I think not. Are you getting fed by the word of God today? I sure am. I, I am. Praise the Lord. I love doing this. This is good for me. Amen. I got to pray more and be in the word more to pull these things out and see them and, and have it given to me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. This is a tremendous blessing in my life to be able to do this every day. What a fantastic, 
job I have. What a fantastic job I have. Matthew 18. I'm so thankful. Matthew 18, 11. Remember what we read in Ezekiel 34. God said, I'm going to go find my sheep. Verse 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. How think ye? If a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which were not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And then he gets into forgiveness. Ooh, we got to forgive. We got to forgive. We have got to forgive. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee and go tell, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Praise God. Now, I've, I've known people that have taken this and, and they look for reasons to kick people out of the church. They look for it. They think it's their mandate. No, that's the last thing you should want. Amen. And then he goes on to say, and people quote this all the time, but this is what it's talking about. He says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's regarding that brother or a member of the church. Amen. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Well, it's 2022. Praise the Lord. If you gather in the name of the Trinity, doesn't say that. You gather in my name, there am I. That's because he is the Holy Ghost. He is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. The fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily. He is the express image of the invisible God, Paul said to the church in Colossae. Wow. Praise God. Then he talks about forgiveness and man I have so many more verses I don't think I can get to today do you know that if you have a brother in the church and you don't forgive them that you're in big trouble big trouble he goes on says then came Peter to him and said Lord Lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him until seven times 
Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee till seven times, but until 70 times seven. Now that's not for you to get out your calculator and figure out 70 times seven, right? No, that's <laughs> and every single time, every single time. You know why? Because there are going to be people in the church that do. You got to forgive them. Not for their sake, but for yours. And he goes on to explain that. He says, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children till all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which uh, owed him a hundred pence, way less, way less of a debt. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called unto him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt. Because thou desirest me, shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Praise the Lord. We have got to forgive. I'll tell you what else God dislikes greatly. Turn with me to Isaiah 65. Praise God. Isaiah 65. He says, I am sought of them that asked not for me. I'm found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me. Behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. Amen. He's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about the Gentiles. Amen. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people that walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts, a people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrifice in the gardens and burn incense upon altars of brick, which remain among the graves and lodge in the monuments that eat swine's flesh and broth of abominable things in their vessels, in verse 5, this is the one I want to concentrate on here. He says, which say, stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are a smoke in my nose and a fire that burneth all the day. Stay away from me, I'm holier than you. I've seen that happen. 
And you know what? There was a time when I got that attitude on me. It happened. Oh boy, did I get put on my face for a time. Yeah. He's the Lord. He wants servants. Now, you don't want to be a preacher. You want to be a Christian. You want to have a pastor. All right? Not everybody is called to be a pastor. Not everybody is called to be a preacher. James 3, verse 1. James 3, verse 1. Throw me the book of James. 3 and 1. We're running out of time. We only got 10 minutes left here already. James 3 and 1. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. James 3 and 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Then he goes on to talk about your tongue, the things that come out of your mouth. Amen? Be not many masters. There's a band called Guns and Roses, okay? I was a big fan of them when I was a kid. In fact, I grew my hair long, and uh, I would have it kind of over my face. It was like down here, and I would have a cigarette poking out of it because I wanted to look like the guitar player Slash. That's what a dork I was. (laughs) Anyway... Guns N' Roses for 30 years used to throw their microphone out into the crowd, right? It was the lead singer Axl Rose's signature move. At the end of the show, he threw the microphone out in the crowd, right? Well, they announced recently, I saw this in the news, that they were going to stop doing that because his microphone hit somebody in the face. And they... uh, they started, they, they got offended. They started crying. Oh, what if that microphone hit me and it, it could have killed me? It could have killed me. And so the, the band issued a statement. Ah, heretofore, we will never again throw our microphone into the crowd. Now, why am I saying that? Because everybody is offended by everything these days. Everybody. And he says, for in many things we offend all. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Uh, There's a preacher named Vaughn Morton. He was talking to my brother's pastor down in Idaho recently. And he said, you know, you can't deal with people today the way that we used to. People just didn't used to get offended. Right? They didn't. Men in the 50s and 40s, they they were a lot tough. They didn't get offended. You could say anything to them. Right? He said back then we could get up in front of the church and basically insult everybody. Nobody got offended. These days, you got to change your approach. You know, he's got a huge church in Fresno. He said, there's no way starting the ministry today that I would have that size of a church doing things the way that I did. It's different today, it's the same, but it's different. Amen. I'll tell you, when I was a kid, 
If the lead singer on Guns N' Roses had thrown his mic out in the crowd and it hit you in the face, your friends had all been like, Yeah! Did you see that? And you'd be like, Yeah! You'd have been a hero. Amen. <laughs> you would have. And same thing when I when I started going to a, a oneness Pentecostal church. I love that harshness. I wanted that. I wanted it. I wanted to. I wanted hard preaching. I really did. Praise God. But <laughs> you just—it's different today. Amen. Praise God. Ah, oh, we got so many more verses to get to here. Where should we go? Where should we go? Let's uh, go to First Peter five. First Peter five. Peter gave the keys to the kingdom. On the day of Pentecost. All right. First Peter 5. He's talking to the church. Okay. He's talking to the church. It says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Don't do it out of a sense of obligation. <sighs> I got to preach today. It's Sunday. I wish I was playing golf. No! There's no greater thing that you can do but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples unto the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not. Likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder, Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he might devour. Now, like I said earlier, turn with me. We're running out of time. Quick, 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. I, if, if I'm going to chasten somebody, I let the word of God do it. Okay? There's been times when I've shut down conversations that were completely useless and weren't going to go anywhere. But chapter 5 uh, there was somebody in the church in Corinth that was being an open fornicator, okay? And in verse 5, he says, You deliver such and one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now, I've met people that are so happy to disfellowship and kick people out of the church and stuff. Uh, let me tell you, there was a situation similar to this that came up where there was something in among us that was not good. And I did not call this individual out in front of everybody. I took them aside privately and I showed them this passage. 
And I just said, well, according to this here, I'm supposed to, uh, I'm supposed to kick you out and deliver you over to Satan so that your flesh is consumed. Is that what I should do? Said, what do you think? And he, uh, he like, so you wouldn't do that, would you? And I'm like, well, that's what the Bible says. What do you think? See, I didn't do it myself. I let the word work on him. And guess what? He's living for God today. He repented. Amen. He turned aside from that thing because I don't want to boot people out into the cold and back into the world. I want them to be saved. And there's things that you're going to have to repent of as time goes by. And if you have a real pastor, he, he'll let you know. Sometimes it might be in a way that's harsh. Sometimes it might be real subtle. But it's not something that you're supposed to take joy in. Amen. We're out of time. Uh, I There's probably lots of preachers watching. Or a few anyway. Thinking, well, Mike. Wait till you've been around a few more years. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mojo Five. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.